everyone, and welcome to We Watch Bad Films, the podcast where we watch bad films so you don't have to. I'm Gary, and with me tonight is Jay. Hello. Hi, Jay. You sound up and bouncy. That's good to hear. We have a special guest with us. Today, we have host of various podcasts, particularly Disney-flavoured ones. It's Nick Roberts. Uh, thank you very much for having me on. No problem at all. No problem at all. Um, as you know, we like our bad films here, Nick. Are there any bad films that you particularly love? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's very controversial, um, but I'm a massive, massive fan of Tron and Tron Legacy, and I, I don't, I don't think you can particularly say they're they're bad films, but I love them more than I should. I think Tron is brilliant. I, I think it's obviously flawed. Yeah, it's a bit like a like an old jumper that you've that you've loved for years, but it's a bit threadbare, and you can see that nobody else would like it. But um, I think Tron is, um, I think it's a great film. It's, it's visually stunning. The soundtrack's brilliant. Um, Tron Legacy, mm, good soundtrack. Looks good. Uh, outstanding soundtrack. Every time Spotify does their wrap-up of the year, it's yeah. there in my, you listen to this more than anything else, you boring git. Yeah. Um, Nick, what is it about the films that appeals to you? I, I think if you look at the, you know, I, I still find, even though it's a very simple plot, I still find the actual um, technicalities of the plots of Tron and Tron Legacy a bit complicated. They're, they're far more complex than they need to be, the whole thing about programs and users. But, um, you know, I think I, I saw Tron for the first time when I was really young. I remember catching it probably on ITV or something during a summer holiday and just seeing the, um, the, the light cycle sequence for the first time just blew me away. I'd never seen anything like it. And... Uh, yeah, both soundtracks are absolutely amazing. I mean, I think I can't remember the track is called. I think it's called like Star. Not, it's not Star Sailor, but it's uh, something Sailor. Uh, it's one of the vehicles uh, that they uh, use. Solar Sailor, maybe I don't know. But it's my yes, alarm. It is. It is. Yeah. There you go. So I think that, Star Sailor is. Don't you know you've got your daddy's eyes? Your daddy well, was an alcoholic. That's why I didn't want to say. That's why I thought I'm. I'm going to regret saying this. Um, but that has been my alarm clock since tron legacy came out and i got that soundtrack because it's quite a a soothing piece of music i think it's a good thing to wake up to Both both films have amazing soundtracks, and both films are absolute like nothing else you've ever seen. So, um, I, I understand why people might find them a bit hokey or the story not very good. But um, whenever I catch either of them on TV, which is not all that often, but if I catch it halfway through, I have to sit and watch the rest of it. Yeah, I'm not particularly a fan of either of them, but I will stand up for the soundtrack for both of them. They're both excellent. Jay, you're going to know who did the soundtrack for the original Tron. What's her name? Wendy Carlos. Wendy Carlos. Um, Who um, is... um, I I, I remember talking about this. I I did another podcast about music um, recently, and I did a a little uh, thing about Wendy Carlos. She is an amazing pioneer, and she was one of the sort of first users sort of commercially of a synthesizer and she did um i i think it won like a grammy or something uh an album 
based on the music of Bach, but played on synthesizer. Nobody had ever done it before. Uh, so she is amazing, not only at playing uh, piano and keyboard, but also at electronic music. So she's an absolute legend. And what I really liked about the Tron soundtrack is how weird it is. If you think about it, if you if you think about the music from Tron, it's completely weird. It's all um, discordant and strange, and it's all played on this um, slightly menacing sounding synthesizer. I think it's amazing. It's it's, it's it's you know a massive Disney film, so I think it's great. Um, one of my faves. Something that just bugged me there when we talk about soundtracks. I didn't mention how much I hate Trent Reznor. Uh, for winning, oh, for, for winning the oh, Oscar, you said the wrong thing there. But, but for winning the Oscar for um, the Social Network over Daft Punk for Tron Legacy, I think that was an absolute crime. Oh, okay. I was cutting you off earlier. I thought you were saying you hate Trent Reznor, just Jim. No, 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 no. Because like, Jay is quite a big fan. Yeah, of Trent no. I, I, I mean, he does some great soundtracks, and obviously, he's a great musician. But um, yeah, Tron Legacy should have should have got the Oscar that year. <laughs> It's it's worth pointing out that um, Nick is an enormous uh, fan of Disney stuff. No surprise that he actually, even though he's picking bad films, he's picking a Disney film in his bad film selection. Yeah, do you want me to reveal what I picked out? I'd love to know what you've picked. What have you picked for us to watch today? A film that I'd heard about, but I'd never seen. So I suppose it was quite fitting that we all watched it for the first time together. Um, and it's called Can of Worms. Nine. Can of worms. Okay, that tells me nothing. <laughs> what do you know? What year it's from? Uh, I think it's from 1999, and it's based on a book which seemed to, which is weird. Like normally, when a film is made from a book, it's because a book's been popular or it's been out for a while. But the book, it looks like either came out at the same time or just after the film came out. So it's it's based on a book but it's it mm. wasn't based on a book that was available at the time it's very strange so yeah. nobody made this film thinking this is a critical success we definitely got an option <laughs> yeah. this week these are good signs these are good signs for <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean basically <laughs> disney's just lost the rights to publish harry potter in the us because they didn't think it was going to be successful enough so they thought oh well that harry potter thing seems to be quite popular let's pick a book Oh, so do you think were they at the time hoovering up loads of franchise or oh, possible franchises in case they blew up? Possibly. Um, I'm not. I think '99 was still very early on in Harry Potter's kind of rise to, you know, megastardom. Yeah. Uh, that whole franchise, but um, the film. I think the first film was either in the works or had just been announced. So um, I think Disney were kind of licking their wounds a bit that this was going to be a big franchise, and so I thought, well, we we better find something else. So what? What kids' books can we we nick from? Well, so though this is a kids' book, is this real? Is this uh, live action or animated? This is a live action Disney film. Oh, a Disney original uh, live action movie. Mm, God, it bodes well. Yeah, I mean, again, kind of going back to my my background on on other Disney podcasts, I obviously have to talk a lot about live action Disney films, and more often than not, especially recently, they've been. Um, either remakes or, or based on on books and stuff, and yeah, some of them, some of the remakes aren't too bad. Some of them are absolutely awful. And um, oh, name them, name them, name name the awful ones. I yeah. think the Lion King should never have been remade. Oh, and why is that? Um, because the cartoon was fine, and the the remake is basically 
just another animated t- telling of the Lion King, but with more realistic animation. Yeah, it's, it's not live of, action. Gary, Gary and I have discussed this ad infinitum um, over the last few episodes. Why, why uh, people remake these films? Um, uh, because for Disney, Lion King, I would argue, is probably the beginning of their sort of modern period, and it's like an absolute classic. Why would you remake it? I don't really understand what they're doing with these live action things, apart from to make money, I suppose. But why wouldn't That's they it, yeah. make it as good as the original, if not better? Well, the, the, the problem is they made it exactly like the original. Like um, they didn't change, any, all they changed was the voice actors and the quality of the of the animation. Like the well, it worked for Gus Van Sant and Psycho, didn't it? So uh, well, why can't it work for a Disney? And we Lion did. King? We get to get see Anne Hatch's uh, butt, uh, <laughs> butt hole oh. uh, in, in oh, Psycho. Good the remake so i suppose there was that which wasn't in the original hitchcock version uh, i believe there was some, some, some masturbation in the remake which um, I'm, talking, I'm not talking about the lion king <laughs> <laughs> that would have been interesting I've... the live action aladdin directed by guy ritchie is probably one of their better live action efforts and no one was more surprised uh, than me by that one i spent the, the best part of a year actively slagging it off at every opportunity until it came out and i saw it and i was like this actually isn't too bad at all. It's actually quite good, um, but you could you could argue that um, well, like Jay kind of did there, really. That you know, why do we need to have these? If you only if you you're going to improve on them, does well, it make sense to remake? This them? is the thing. Originally, um, in the sort of eighties and and maybe in the nineties as well, there were loads of remakes out in the cinemas, but they were remaking rubbish or slightly dodgy 50s B-movies, uh, I will call to to the stand um, a film like The Thing by um, John Carpenter. That's mm. obviously a remake, but the original was uh, a slightly dodgy 50s B-movie, so they made it better. And yeah. so that's the way to remake a film, make it better. Take a great yeah. idea, but what's done badly, then make it better. And don't take a classic film and then just sort of like feel it from a great height. Or sometimes, like, you know, I can understand remaking films if the technology is advanced enough to, to justify it. So sometimes when you go back and watch those films from the, the 50s, 60s, 70s, you know... Well, like Star Wars A New I Hope. I was going to say, George well, um, you know, some, I think you need to have the right people behind it. And obviously, George, even though it was his sandbox to play, and he should never have been allowed to back into the sandbox, let's be honest. Um, but I think if you're going to, you know take a film that had kind of ropey effects or something and be able to do it well then you know fine i can understand some of the justification there but if you're just gonna take a film that there's nothing wrong with it just because it's old and remake it i just don't i don't see the point all this talk of remakes is only pushing us away from enjoying can of worms so why don't we go and enjoy can of worms the people at home can listen to a trailer we'll come back on the other side and we'll talk about it saturday april 10th it's the world premiere of a Disney Channel original movie. For Mike Pillsbury, life on planet Earth has never been easy. You idiot, you're running the wrong way! So he sends a call for help into outer space. Fellow citizens of the galaxy, I do not belong on this planet. Come and get me! Little did he know who'd show up. I am Barnabas from the star system Puppies. Oh boy. I am the Pope. How do you do? Matt Pillsbury, you have opened up a can of worms. I never thought this thing would work. Now, the most popular kid in the world... More and more specimens will be snatched. ...as the biggest problem in the galaxy. Doing all right. 
stressed out. On April 10th, lock your doors, hide your food, and be careful what you wish for. I can't just take off on a, a spaceship. I freaked out at sleepaway camp. Can of Worms, a Saturday premiere of a Disney Channel original movie. April 10th, 7, 6 Central, only on Disney. Saturday, April 10th on Magical World of Disney. To his parents, Mike Pillsbury has always been out of touch. Certainly all right. To his sister, out of his mind. You are definitely from another planet. But when he sends a call for help into outer space... Come and get me! He'll be out of this galaxy. You have opened up a can of worms. Now it's up to him to save his family and the world. You need more fresh air. Can of Worms, a Saturday premiere of a Disney Channel original movie. April 10th at 7-6 Central, only on Disney. Okay, so that was Can of Worms. Um, let me just run down the plot quickly for this Disney original movie, Can of Worms, from 1999. Our hero, Mike Pillsbury, is quite bad at football. That's American football. Why someone so short is a tight end, I don't know. But he takes a big-ass tackle, and that means he sees aliens instead of stars. He fancies a girl, obviously. Um, he helps her program the lights for the Halloween ball, it all goes a bit bananas because he gets sabotaged. He feels really bad about it. So he sets his satellite dish in the yard to call aliens. And it kind of works. He gets visited by a dog called Barnabas, voiced by Malcolm McDowell. Yes, that Malcolm McDowell. Um, and then various other aliens uh, that were rejected from the Henson puppet factory. Then some stuff happens. His little brother gets kidnapped by aliens. They all go off to a zoo to rescue him. We finally get a bad guy in the last 10 minutes of the film. He waves some stones about that help him escape. And I think that's the end. That's as I wrote it down anyway. Wow. I kind of phased out halfway through that, um, which is what I did with the film. Well, I did... So it must be quite. It must quite. be the story itself. So initial reactions then, Nick, on Can of Worms, the film you picked. Uh, well, look, I'm, I'm dreadfully sorry. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's only fair that now we've had to sit through it. And, and look, we all suffered for it, right? So we, we all share this panic. This is like group therapy now. Um, but, mm. well, look, you, you asked me to pick a bad film. And I think I've ticked the box. <laughs> you certainly did. I've just got, I've drawn a box and I've put a giant tick in it. Um, <laughs> you yes, you picked did. a bad film. I did, did. I, did make, I did make a load of notes um, as I watched the film. And the first note is right at the beginning. So... I'll mention this first of all, and I just see what maybe I'm overreacting to this. I don't know, but um, a '90s voice to talk software wasn't that sophisticated. There was no way that it would have been able to have like got that correct. Yeah, well, if you want to talk about overreaching for a computer, this is the film. <laughs> Gary got very angry. Stuff in Gary here. Was very angry. I got super <laughs> angry. I cannot stand. It's it's like when your nan writes about computers. It's like Something to do with discs, something to do with viruses. And the stuff that was going on in here was melting my brain. There was a bit of techno babble they spouted at the beginning. And I can't remember what it was. Something like bioprocess or something. And it was utter horseshit. It was completely <laughs> made up. And it was winding me up. Because I can't stand it when computer stuff is wrong yeah. on oh. TV and film. Because it's so easy to look up and get right. And you can still make it sound like techno babble. It's fine. But they just got it so wrong. <laughs> He said, oh, I've written, I've written, I found the quote. I took the RAM out of your PC, and now he, that's why he's got a pig as his screensaver. <laughs> uh, what? It's, it's, yeah, I, I mean, that, well, I, actually, I think I, I made a note there as well in the in the computer room that um, I was just waiting for the uh, oh. the blonde-haired kid that gives a thumbs up to the camera. 
to make an appearance. <laughs> I thought, oh, I wonder if that's where the means come from. That would have re- that would have saved it oh, if we'd have known that's absolutely. where it came from. The other thing as well, right? And I, I thought the guy that played the lead, who I, I later found out when I looked his like resume up, um, he's actually a Tony mm. Award winner. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought he looked like a, a young Dan Aykroyd, but without the talent. Uh, I, I, I had a different name. Yeah. I, I, I came up with a name for him because of two people I thought he looked like. Um, I've got written down here on my piece of paper. Alanis Seinfeld. He looked, he looked, <laughs> yes. To me, he looked like Alanis Morissette crossed with Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see that as well. I, I can see he that. I think indicated. the problem with all of the casting, they were all ugly, bland Disney boys. <laughs> they were all pale-faced, pasty, square, dumb well, bricks. Um, <laughs> his mate, um, so not, not the little brother, but his, his, his friend that was always by his side, he actually looked like, yeah. you, know, you mentioned about handsome puppets. He looked like someone who could have been in Fraggle Rock. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, it was, it was, very, it was very bizarre. And the other thing that I noticed near the beginning, so just after we get this, this opening sequence, which reveals it's actually, you know, this is what happens two weeks before what we've just seen. Um, he's there. Oh, yes. What a, what a oh, call no, forward. Amazing. Um, I mean, really gripped. I thought, well, I need to watch the rest of this film now. Um, but he was telling this sci-fi story about the the Hansels, I believe they were called. That was the alien race. He was talking about the Hansels. Yes. And he's talking about this whole thing. And I'm sitting there going, this sounds like something L. Ron Hubbard wrote. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. Yeah, I see that now. Yes. We haven't. And, by the way, we haven't seen Battlefield uh, Earth yet. But yes, carry on. Oh. So, so uh, my wife, or as I would say on other podcasts, my wife. Um, she is she's Mara. obsessed with um, with John Travolta. So when we first got together, one of the first things I did when we got together was I I won't go into the story, but she met John Travolta because of me. I winged it with MTV that um, he was in London for a premiere, and, and she got to uh, speak to him on the phone, and then we got to briefly meet him at the premiere. Um, that's why I'm married because basically she can't shut me after that, right? But because of that. But what's it like being married to a Scientologist? Well, exactly, that's the that's the problem. Um, no, but but so because of that, I've I've obviously watched nearly every John Travolta film over the years, yeah. including Ooh. Battlefield Earth. And um, put it, you're, you guys are in for a treat. <laughs> Have you seen the one where he plays a uh, mentally challenged? The, the one boy? directed by Fred Durst. No, yeah, I haven't one. seen it yet. And <laughs> basically, basically, I saw it appear on a streaming service that we had, and I just didn't tell her about it. And, and that way, I can never watch it. <laughs> I thought this was a bad films podcast, not a confessions <laughs> podcast. Going back to what you were saying, Gary, about the the fact that you hated like the the techno babble and and the way things were happening with computers. There's two things that stood out. The first one, though, is where we were just talking about, which is in the computer room. And it was when he used a floppy disk, mm. and I'm and I'm like, you know, I'm not as as technically minded as you, but I saw him do that, and I thought, I'm pretty sure that wouldn't happen. He just gets a disk, and that infects the other computer yeah. with the program. I mean, it's not impossible, but I'm really sure he's not no, doing. He it. didn't. He didn't look smart enough, did he? He, no, he no. actually talking about <laughs> people look like other things. He looked like a young Randy Orton. He had that smugness in the hair. That yeah. hair. In fact, I did write down at, at one point, and I underlined it twice, the hair gel, because <laughs> that boy had serious He, he would have been flammable, right? He would have been flammable. 
I tell you what, I've been watching uh, from the beginning because I've never seen it. Malcolm in, in the Middle, which is a 2000 mm. TV show. And it, the fashions and the styles are so present in both of these. Everything's very baggy, hair's very sharp and frosty yep. tips. <laughs> it's, so you look at the poster. If you look oh. up this film, you'll see the poster. has got these crazy, wacky puppet aliens. In, and that's one of the reasons why I thought this is going to work for us, because Jay and I like a bit of puppetry. And yeah, it looked like... Um, uh, and that's just in the bedroom. Like a, a, um, but it takes... It looked like, um, a, like a John Waters, campy, uh, sci-fi. Yeah. And we were like, yes, this could be good. No. Yeah, but you know, Disney original movies always saw all the edges off. You know, let's just smooth all that down. We'll keep buffing that with sandpaper until you can see your oh, face yeah. until it goes beige. But it takes 37 minutes until we see our first puppet. And you need to be seeing that in five oh, minutes. So you're talking about that, that, that when it, it opens on this sort of, um, we sort of join the action halfway through. It's at night, there's a storm. There's a boy, he's shouting at the sky with a big satellite dish. And then it goes what, like three weeks later, and it goes all the way back. Then we get half an hour's worth of boring beige crap until we get back to that point where he's at night during the storm with the satellite dish. That was half an hour. You could have cut. We could have just started the Mm -hmm. film there, please. Um, It could have been a 30-minute special. It could have been a 30-minute special. And the funny thing was, you know... um, things like secret cinema you know immersive cinema is a big thing yeah. well while this mm. storm is going on and i'm watching this piece of crap there's a massive storm going on outside my house and i actually <laughs> yes. had to keep kind of like skipping back a bit because i noticed i was paying more attention to the rain and the wind outside <laughs> than i was on the screen because it is just well, dull yeah. we thank you to the dedication yeah. to the craft i mean to be fair most of the puppets themselves are quite interesting. So that first one we meet, who's called Bone, I think, mm. the lawyer. Although I, there's a slight obsession with putting teeth in rubber puppets is a bit odd. And so very going creepy. back to the poster, because just as my wife was yeah. going to bed, I said, I've got to watch this really crap film now. And she said, oh, what is it? I said, it's called Can of Worms. She hadn't heard of it either, obviously. And I, yeah, well, shockingly, because yeah, she's not in it. They're well, the yeah, John is not in it. She's not going to see it. Um, so, um, so I, uh, you, you get it up and you get the poster, and and I was like, oh god! And it, what it looked like to me was, you know, like in, in that episode of Red Dwarf when uh, they pretend to be aliens and yes. they they use the, the bottom half of their mouth, yeah, like they hang upside down. Yeah. That, yes, I honestly thought yes. they weren't going to be puppets. I thought they were just people that had uh, been filmed upside down. It, one of those puppets was that. There's one with hands that we saw uh, in the when you have a, there's a group scene of puppets later. One of them right. is like that. He's painted yellow with blue stripes, and he's got the whole chin thing going on. But this the the one we're talking about, the little slimy lawyer one, they actually put teeth in it, and then and then animate so it. Yeah. so unnerving. Yeah, um, covered in snot and goop and gross stuff. Um, but this comes after about half an hour or n- nearly 40 minutes of complete tedium. So Gary and I were like really up for it when it arrived. But um, it uh, is gross and it just goes on and on. Like it, the, the joke is it is eating some of this boy's food really messily and noisily. That's the joke. And it goes on oh. and on and on. It's like yeah, it's, it's like a five-minute segment. Yeah, yeah, isn't we get it. it? And we it's get just... it. It's a gross alien. We get it. Yeah, um, and also as well, why don't you just turn around and just say, "I'm really sorry, I've got to go," rather <laughs> than just keep going. Oh, that's disgusting. And she's like, "Oh, what are you 
never seen that one. You know, it was just it was just awful. Uh, awful. Yeah, yeah, we. It's difficult to do that in the, like a slagger film off for that though, because no amount of sitcoms wouldn't work if you didn't just put the phone down and someone oh, something else was going on. You've got yeah, to carry you on your do phone it for five minutes. That's 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 the thing. Like if it was just <laughs> you do when you've got an hour and nine half an hour, hour and a half to to fill in a movie. True. You do. Um, but one of the other things I wanted to mention um, regarding computers was actually going back to just before that at the the infamous Halloween dance, which is obviously what kickstarts this yes. whole thing. Mm, yeah. And um, and again, Gary, you'll you'll have to explain this to me because I couldn't work it out. So it looked like he had his computer hooked up, ready to go, controlling the lights, controlling the music, controlling some weird carousel thing. And what had happened was, uh, you know, Randall Alton um, had kind of snuck in at some time. We don't know when because it looks like it happened days before mm-hmm. or something, but whatever. And had... Uh, reconnected the the VGI cable, the world's longest VGI cable, by the way. Sorry, but the techno in me wants to connect it to VGA. Sorry, you're quite yeah. Or DVI, no, no. go either VGA, way. VGA or DVI. This is why I'm not technical. <laughs> if we're going to go down this route, we've got to go get the terminology time. correct on this. Podcast. No, it's it's. You know what? If only they'd done it in the film. If only they'd have done that in the film. <laughs> Gary, you should have been on it. Gary, why weren't you the technical advisor? That I was busy that, that half an hour. It still would have been a terrible it. film, but at least it would have been technically correct. That's you know, exactly. Yeah. It goes a long way. Yeah. It goes a long way. Yeah. Just like this cable, actually. So with this yeah. cable, right? Now my understanding is if it's been, you know, connected to another computer, when he's looking at his computer, he would see nothing because everything would be going on to the other laptop at the other end of the hall with this lead that everyone is standing on and doesn't seem to notice is even there. Yeah, it's completely inept. <laughs> it's utterly, yeah. utterly nonsense. It's clearly advanced alien <laughs> technology. Alien cables. I tell, you, I tell you one thing I did Indeed. like about it. I, I, you know, I often try to have a bit of levity when we're absolutely cussing out these films. There was a nice shot of the... <laughs> <laughs> there was, there was there a was, nice shot. A nice font. Was it the bit where it said the end? There was a there was a sh- one one shot of the of the of the fugly boy walking down the corridor, and the camera was all handheld, and he was walking towards the camera. And I thought, oh, that's quite. It was almost Hitchcockian in its uh, in its aspect, um, and I, I liked that. But that was also one of the scenes where Gary you got annoyed because he was talking a load of old techno babble crap. Yeah, that was the old. Yeah. I took the ram out of your PC line. That was it completely ruined the uh, yeah. cinematography. Yeah, but the director was desperately trying to get some of those shots in every now and again. I mean, there was a crane shot in it every now and again, I think. I think they really were scuppered by the fact that they basically had a house and a back garden. and That was the whole film. Yes. More or less. So let's talk about his dog friend, Barnabas. Barnabas? I think it was Barnabas, yeah. Um, Um, I've got a couple of words words written down here on my little sheet here, Gary. Blue Vagina. Yeah, the dog. So they have a real dog. He was, a, a real he was good. Dog, he was good. Round his neck is an is a puppet. He's a puppety mouth, but it just looks vaginal. I mean, he was probably the best actor in it, wasn't he? Yeah, he definitely was. Yeah, yeah. Well, the dog. Yeah. I mean, Malcolm yeah. Malcolm McDowell did a did a good job with the the voice work, um, but you know he's obviously just saying whatever you know lines he's been given in the booth to say, so you can't really count that. And I mean, look, you know, just a couple of years earlier, you know, he killed Kirk. Don't forget, he was in a Clockwork Orange. 
<laughs> you said that about yeah, four times I, during I, the I, film. Yeah. I, this is also another <laughs> thing I can't get over is when amazingly like talented and sort of iconic actors do absolute dross like this. It's I suppose it's money, isn't it? It's easy money. Malcolm would have just turned up at the recording booth, had an afternoon saying some terrible lines and then go home and get paid loads of money for it. Well, I listened to a recent episode where you were talking about the Garbage Power Kids and you were talking about Anthony Newley. Oh, he was a big... That was David Bowie's, like, his first idol, David Bowie. Yeah, exactly. But if you look at the songs that he'd written and the songs that he wrote for other artists and stuff like that, you know, he was exceptionally talented and obviously did uh, like Willy Wonka and stuff and he did yeah. the, uh, the songs from that um, and then he ends up in the Garbage Power Kids movie um, <laughs> yeah. and for another for um, one of my other Disney podcasts we watched a film recently called Halloween Town um, and that had Debbie Reynolds in it Oh, okay. it wasn't it wasn't awful but it was very much of this kind of ilk of like can of worms a very low budget but it's really weird when you see somebody who was obviously like a big name um, appear in these really kind of cheap, crappy films, at the, you know, towards the end of of their career. I don't even think Malcolm Adele. You could say that was the end of his towards the end of his career. Still acting and stuff. No, not at all. I'm sure it was just waved in front of his desk, and they said, "Here's X thousand dollars." Um, now, however many zeros on it, he says, "How much work is there?" An afternoon, no problem. I've yeah, got yeah, space yeah. here. Let's do it. Uh, well, Gary, what's what the name of that guy who always turns up in all these terrible films? He looks like a potato in a wig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, him. I know exactly yeah, who yeah, you mean, but I can't well, think well, of his you'll name. You'll have to edit in something like yeah. we remember his name. Let me put that another way. There's loads of these actors who started off having a very good career, but they're sort of like their retirement are these terrible daytime TV or B, C, D movies. Uh, particularly from the 80s and 90s, who just, they turn up in these terrible things, films and you just look at them and you think, oh no, why are you doing this? This is trashing your career. This is awful. Speaking of artists slumming it, Jay, do you remember who oh, has the music credit in yes, this Yes, I do, yeah. Go on, say it. <sighs> Mark Mothersberg. Yeah. And actually one of my notes in here was uh, Mark Mothersberg should have, um, ask for an Alan Smithy credit for this. He should. He should. It was a travesty. It's, it's, it's pretty bad. It is pretty, pretty bad. Who's Mark Mothersburg in case people aren't heard of him? Devo? He was in Devo. He was like the main yep. songwriter of Devo and sort of most famously for soundtrack work he did the uh, Rugrats theme tune. Yes, yeah. Like in recent years, he's you see his name yeah. appear quite often as like the musical director or the uh, soundtrack artist or whatever. Um, he did the Lego Movie. I'm not sure he did the second one. But he definitely did the first one. Yeah, I'd say probably more kid stuff than than anything else. But he's done some live action work as well. But yeah, I mean, Devo was obviously a long time ago. Mm. I, did you notice yeah, as well right. what the portal was called to get to uh, space? Um, I think I've fallen asleep then. Uh, it was called no. a Stargate. Yes, of course it was. Yeah, because you said yeah. at the time, hmm, which <laughs> we were watching. I now. actually said, now there's a good film. And it was really fresh at the time. Was Stargate yeah, 94, like it was, 95? It was, it was very recent, yeah. So it's well in the public consciousness to call it Stargate. So. Really well, rude. Lazy, lazy. Just call it a Death Star. Why not? Um, yeah, um, shoddy. 
Did anybody catch any decent um, quotes from the film? Now, the only one of my joy that I found was on this planet. Uh, yes, that was the uh, that was the um, big comedy line that almost that almost got me to um, raise a curve in the corner of my mouth. Almost <laughs> didn't didn't quite manage it. Really? But I thought eh. you're, <laughs> you're easily pleased. Yeah, when the when the the big bad, which is really only revealed in the last ten minutes, turns into yeah, a it was thing. Very. That, that definitely reeks of we need a proper bigger ending here, doesn't it? Oh, quickly. Hang on, Disney just said we've got an extra $5 <laughs> on the budget. What what can we do? Um, reminded me of a cross between a Doctor Who villain and something out of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yes, there definitely was a bit of that Super Mario Brothers oh. film. Here towards the end as well. Um, I, I did make a note about how I was enjoying the, the mad storm that was going on outside more than I was watching this film. But um, I put First of all, the plot is worse than something a five-year-old right? And then I followed that up with, it would have been the worst episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> if you, if either of you remember that Nickelodeon uh, 90s yeah, it, it definitely classic. was that kind of um, cheap daytime or sort of like just after school Nickelodeon 90s, tr- yeah, trashy. Yeah, it, it looks of like kid it, horror. Yeah, this film is about well, half an hour. Are You Afraid of the Dark used to be about 30 minutes long. And I thought if this had been made for that, not only would it have been an hour shorter, but it's, as I said, it still would have been the worst episode of that show. It still but, would have been bad, but it would have been a short bad. Yeah. It would have been an hour less bad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. really struggling to say something good about this film. I don't think, I don't, I don't, I really don't think there is anything you can say about this film that is good like it's dull <laughs> it's boring the effects are awful i mean even the puppets i mean we talked about one of the puppets but i mean all of the puppets look quite similar which considering they're all from different planets doesn't make much sense you'd expect them to have a bit more variety they look really really cheap they look like they've gone to like the henson workshop and said look can you knock us up something really cheap or can you reuse some props yeah. because we haven't got budget for like decent costumes or masks here, um, or and that's what they've got. Also, well, yeah, um, but it just it it like it just was just dull. So, Nick, that leads me to the question then. Yes, can, will you recommend yes. this? Wow! You, well, no, 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 no hang on, hang on. If you want to watch possibly the worst thing on Disney Plus, a film service which we've already like said has got things like the Lion King live action remake. Um, but if you want something even more dull than that, then yes, watch this film. If if you want to watch this film for absolutely any kind of enjoyment at all, then no, do not watch this film. Oh, that's interesting. It's a bit like saying, um, a bit like saying, uh, would you like to contract this rare tropical disease? I mean, it'll make you feel awful, but it's a it's rare, so it's an experience. I would, uh, uh, you know, I understand that, but um, I'm afraid, absolutely no, I would not recommend. <laughs> I would not recommend this film. Can of shit is what. I'm yes. Uh, um, um, <laughs> wow, uh, by the way, Cameron me. Mitchell. That's the man I'm talking. Cameron Mitchell. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, Cameron Mitchell. Yes. He pops up in loads of B movies. Yeah. Um, and trash as well. Um, go- you probably know I'm me gonna, if you see I'm him. Going to do that. So, I, go- I mean, I- I'm guessing I know what you're going to say, do that. Gary. But go on. Oh, this is this is not <laughs> not to be watched under any costs. Yeah. 
just turn the TV off and this stare at the This is definitely one of those films where we've pixels. watched it so that's, no one else has to. I mean, um, you may, if you want to follow Nick's advice, go for it. Yeah. But uh, uh, <laughs> be warned. Be warned. Skip to half an hour forward, maybe. And then, yeah, because there's something actually happens if you've got to watch yeah, it. Watch the, the watch the last half hour. an hour, or uh, skip to the last. Skip to the credits at the end. That's the best. Skip to the credits <laughs> and then watch then and go and have a lie down and never ever think about it again. <laughs> and never tell anyone you've watched it. I mean, <laughs> never to be podcast. But but to be honest, like you saying about skipping the first thirty minutes. In all seriousness, I think you probably could skip the first 30 minutes and not have missed anything. Yes, because that was all just the prologue to the point where he actually contacts the aliens, which I know we're coming to the end of this discussion, but I just really want to lay this on the table here, guys. Um, I basically didn't understand this film at all. I didn't understand why he contacted the aliens, how he contacted the aliens, and... I didn't understand the storyline at all. So I'm just throwing that one out there as we're wrapping up. I didn't get it. <laughs> it made no sense to me. Uh, and this is a children's... <laughs> so, Nick, thank you very much for joining us and suggesting this absolute pile of crap that we should watch. Um, if people want to find out more about you and look yeah, you up online, so I, where can I they do a whole you? load of podcasts, uh, mostly kind of theme park based. So uh, you can find me on um, that Universal podcast, which is about Universal Studios Orlando. Um, and Disney Parts and Beyond, which is a Disney one, but we on those we do talk about things, you know, to do with films and stuff as well. It's not just purely theme parks. And if you want something a bit sweeter, I do a podcast with my seven-year-old daughter called Alice's Magical Podcast, uh, where I don't swear at all because obviously that would not be appropriate for uh, talking to a seven-year-old about. Um, and I'd like to say thank you, uh, Gary and Jay, for having me on. Um, I mean, I say that loosely because whilst it's been <laughs> nice talking to both of you, I can't say sitting through can of worms was. Oh dear! We'll Thank definitely you. have you back again another time. Okay, this was we watch bad films. If you want to tell us more, tell us about a bad film we've missed. Maybe on Disney Plus, maybe not. Then you can come and email us at we watch bad films at gmail dot com. Come find us at Twitter. We watch bad films. We're on Instagram. Guess what? We watch bad films. Come and say hello. Bye. That's all for now. But thanks and bye bye. <laughs>